This is Abby, and you are listening to Upsound. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to another episode of Upzone, a show where we take a big story from the news each week that touches the Strong Towns conversation and we upzone it. We talk about it in depth. Like last week's episode, we are actually mixing it up a little bit today by hosting a download episode on the recent Strong Towns National Gathering and Congress for the New Urbanism, which took place in late May of this year. So joining me today are members of the Strong Towns team who actually organized and helped put on uh, the Strong Towns National Gathering portion of the Congress week. And you guys did an excellent job of organizing and implementing that, which I'd love to learn more about. So our guests today include Rachel Quedno and Norm Van Eden Petersman. Um, I think some of our listeners are familiar with each of you, but let's go ahead and do some introductions for those who may not be and may not be aware of what your overall role in the Strongtown staff is. So I will start with Norm. Yeah, thanks, Abby. And it was great to see you at the National Gathering as well as uh, almost 500 members, which was quite remarkable. And that's a big part of my role is just connecting with members. And so it was kind of like a perfect opportunity for that uh, to connect with, I mean, a whole bunch of different people coming from all over. One of the things that really struck me was the fact that when I asked, hey, which time zone are you in, uh, that we had just <laughs> as many people from the central time zone as there was from the eastern time zone and a really good representation from out west as well, including a few folks from that came all the way from Hawaii. And so I think that was, to me, just an amazing opportunity to see like the cross section of, of folks that showed up. And that's a big part of my role is making sure that if you're living in Hawaii or living in Florida or wherever you might be or up in Canada, that uh, not only are you able to connect with Strong Towns as an organization, but over time to find connections with with other Strong Towns members near you. And so uh, that's a big part of what I'm doing as uh, the member advocate for Strong Towns. And Norm is from Canada. And yes, Norm don't is a Canadian. Yes, we have tended <laughs> our fires, and uh, they have not gotten out of hand. But uh, it's those folks out east that are causing all the problems. Well, thanks for verifying that, Norm. And I was pleasantly surprised at the variety of people who were at the national gathering from all over the country, North America, and even there were some international people that I met. And that was pretty cool that it has that the message has spread that far. And there are people who are able to visit Charlotte that week. Um, So Rachel, if you could give us your introduction and talk a little bit about your role. Yes, I'm Rachel. I'm the program director at Strong Towns, and I manage a lot of our content work, our content team, and just a bunch of stuff behind the scenes generally. So one of those things was planning a lot of this uh, national gathering. So it was really fun to see it all finally come together after many, many months of work. And I agree with Norm. It was great to see you in person, Abby. Yeah, likewise. Well, so let maybe let's jump into the topic of planning this event because I thought it was really well executed and I know you all 
uh, as staff members play many different roles and wear many different hats behind the scenes. But, you know, organizing a large Congress conference of people is not something that is typically in your day to day. So can you talk a little bit about your experience there? Because I found that it was really well executed and just felt really organized and well put together with the sessions and, and everything that that was offered for this. So talk a little bit about that. Well, that's very good to hear that you thought it seemed well organized. I think in the end, it did feel that way. I have to give a shout out to my coworkers, Linda and Michelle. They did a ton of the logistical and budgeting and like all so many logistics. So yeah, the three of us worked really hard on that. And we also had worked pretty closely with CNU with Margaret at CNU. And then also they have an event planner that they contract out with. Um, and so she was huge help, especially with the logistical stuff that allowed us to focus more on the content, you know, the sessions and everything. Everybody on the team had input on who should be speaking, what should the format look like, who should we feature and all that. So yeah, it was, it was a lot of work to put together, but glad it all came together in the end. And also, we have a lot of notes that we've been collecting about how we can hopefully do even better next year, because that's how we work at Strong Towns. Always iterating. <laughs> and one of the things that I felt as we were working on prepping for the conference, there was just a real sense that like the members of Strong Towns, we were calling it the National Gathering. And I joked at the opening session, you know, I blew the ram's horn as if to like assemble the tribes in part because there was a real sense. Like we want to make sure that anybody and in a sense, everybody can attend if they're able to. We were able to provide like scholarships so that way some people that uh, were going to face already a financial challenge to, to come to this event could actually come with some assistance. There were travel bursaries. There was also uh, free registration and tickets for people. And I think that really really contributed a lot to the whole experience because from the get-go it was what do we what do our members want what do they need how can we serve them how can we not only strengthen somebody just by the virtue of them hanging out and enjoying themselves and feeling like they're among their people but at the same time having the opportunity to say I learned something really tangible, really practical. In one of the sessions that Daniel Harrigus and I did, we had people write a letter to the editor. And and then I said, all right, three, two, one, send. And people kind of looked up, wait, you actually, you know, we need to take this action. But part of it was an opportunity that there was something so practical, so tangible about like Nolan Gray on housing reform or uh, zoning reform. Very like, hand, I think, I mean, maybe not hands-on sessions because it's in a conference setting, but there was definitely plenty of opportunities for people to say, I learned something here. I'm going to take this back to my community. I'm going to find my people there and be encouraged that there's a hunger and an audience and an interest in these things. And I think if anything, that really emerged in our planning process as well as really trying to keep that central. Although I do recall about a month before the gathering, uh, Rachel, as well as a few others being like, all right, Norm, uh, no more ideas. Uh, let's just uh, put a cap on it. We need to run the event as is, uh, because especially as we were working with some great sponsors that stepped up uh, to help with this, some of the sponsors were able to fund those scholarships to provide for people to to attend at, uh, at some benefit to themselves, but also to be able to you know, participate in different sessions or, or at least to be recognized for their contributions as well. Uh, because our sponsors, as well as our members, were taking a gamble on this is the first iteration of this event. Uh, if it was terrible, uh, they might have been like, well, we're not doing that again. But thankfully, um, I am convinced that it was a, a huge success. 
Yeah, I bet there's so many different ideas that come into organizing an event like this. Um, and and the sessions that you had put together were kind of broken up into different topics. And I thought that that, that was really well curated. Can you talk a little bit about the sessions that were provided at the gathering and what the thought was behind kind of curating that mix of perspectives and ideas for the attendees? Because unlike the the Congress for the New Urbanism, um, which partnered up with this, there were a lot of people that I think had never been to a CNU and maybe aren't practitioners working directly on these issues or maybe working on these issues in a way that is a little bit different than typical CNU attendees. So can you talk about how the sessions were maybe a little bit different from CNU and what the thought was behind organizing that that structure? Yeah, we definitely wanted everything to be really accessible to a general audience and to be, like Norm said, very practical and actionable. We had a lot of back and forth about different sessions. I mean, I think at one point we probably had like 30 different session ideas brainstormed. We did trim it down a bit. But yeah, we we tried to cover all of our five core campaigns around we had a session on ending highway expansion. We had a session on ending parking mandates. We had several sessions on housing reform, incremental development issues. Um, we had a couple sessions about safe streets. And what am I missing? Oh, um, transparent local accounting. We had a great session on uh, presenting some of the research from our just accounting project with Urban 3. So, um, and then, you know, different people on our team had kind of things that they were passionate about. Uh, Mike, our video creator, uh, really wanted to do a session about featuring different creators. Um, we had some YouTubers, um, some podcasters, some writers in that session. Chuck, of course, you know, we had to throw Chuck in there. He did his, you know, regular Strongtown spiel. And I think a lot of people appreciated that because a lot of people have never heard that delivered before. Um, yeah, Norm and Daniel combined forces to present stuff that they've both presented on in the past in different ways about working across difference and doing public speaking. I thought that was really cool to bring those together. Edward hosted a walking tour that I'm really sad I couldn't join for, but when I saw the pictures that we just got back from the photographer, I realized that there were like 50 people on that. So um, I guess that was pretty popular. In retrospect, we probably will want to... Uh, cap the number for next year so that we can have a more intimate feel. But um, that, I guess, was a was a pretty popular one. And then our keynote presentation, like from the get-go, I mean, months and months ago, Chuck was like, I want Majora Carter to be our keynote speaker. And we're so glad that she was able to make that work. I know I've heard from a ton of people that that was a huge highlight of the event. So yeah, I think that was, that was kind of covering all the different angles on our speakers. Um, just try to get a variety of things and make sure everybody would have something they could learn from those. Norm, do you have thoughts on this? I, I do. I've got a bunch of thoughts. And I guess the first one is uh, if you're listening to the podcast, just hit pause and go watch Majora Carter's TED Talk about reclaiming yeah. your community. Uh, she was just an electric speaker, so passionate about uh, the work that she's doing in, in her community. And I think we were all just really struck by the way that it was the perfect sort of closing for the session that we, you know, the national gathering, because we were able to like bring it in. There's all of these details, but also we need that like encouragement uh, that you don't have to leave your neighborhood to live in a better one. And I just thought that was such a perfect way to like close out our uh, gathering. And I think, yeah, as I think about the different sessions, I mean, it was neat to see 
the interest that was there, how to start a local conversation. I thought I would have, you know, maybe 10 people because we were up against some really big talks that other, you know, other groups were doing or other sessions were happening at the same time. And there was, you know, not quite a full room, but a lot of people showed up for that one and, and lots of great engagement. And I think it was great too, to have uh, the feedback from a number of people now who said, Hey, I think I noticed something. And I was like, Oh, what did you notice? And they said, we noticed that like Chuck wasn't you know, the most prominent part of the conference. And that was quite affirming because that had been one of our goals. And uh, it's just a part of his recognition along with the rest of us that, I mean, the bench is very broad and we have a lot of talented people. And really we could have had a hundred more uh, participating, leading sessions, giving talks, really kind of encouraging people. And it makes me kind of marvel at like the diversity of skills and abilities that people have, but then also kind of the unique ways in which each of those are are being exercised in in local places, and that what make that's what makes it really compelling. And sometimes we almost feature only those that have gotten quite a bit ahead of everybody else. But the reality is, like a lot of the what I liked about a lot of the sessions were like this is how you can get started. This is how you can take that first step. This isn't what like perfection looks like. This is just that you know initial stage. Uh, Daniel and I we spend some time in our session, like you're going to feel like you're stepping out on a, on a plank and yet it's a good thing to do. Like it, you'll find a community, you, you will, uh, you won't be left alone. And certainly there was that feeling in the session. Like these are, you know, these are people that are here with you, but also, I mean, for, as I said in an email uh, to our strong towns members, like 90% of our members didn't attend. Um, but I really believe that they were all benefited from the connections that were made through this process, kind of the stories that were captured kind of the, you know, setting the table for for more of this uh, going ahead. Yeah, I thought it was really cool that there were people from all over the place that are engaged in this conversation in a way that is not from necessarily a, a technical professional perspective. They're not an architect or a planner or a developer, um, which, you know, encompasses kind of the CNU crowd in addition to government employees. There were a lot of people who are like, I just really like biking and I, I got into this conversation that way. Or, you know, I'm somebody who worked for 15 years just getting a park created. So it's cool to hear from so many different people who are benefiting from what you all are doing in in their own way, which I think is kind of the message behind this this whole approach that it is very bottom up. And I think the cross-section of people who attended the gathering were very representative of that. So I applaud you for that because I didn't know what to expect of who might attend this. And that was just really cool to see. And just from the, the CNU perspective, you know, there's so many different, I guess you would say offshoots of the original charter and brain trust that have developed over the years, strong towns, incremental development, um, all of these different initiatives that have happened can you talk a little bit about what the significance is of partnering up with CNU and kind of kicking off that week? I feel like this partnership worked out really well. Um, I don't know who had the original idea. I'm guessing it was a combination of Chuck and um, the former director of CNU, Rick Cole. They were both like passionate about making this happen. And I'm glad it did. It was, I think it was beneficial, I hope, to both of us because we were able to bring some folks who came to our Strong Towns event and then were like, oh, hey, I'll stay for CNU. And then, you know, a bunch of people came to CNU and they're like, oh, let me tack on 
coming over to the Strong Towns event too. Um, and we were able to kind of share resources on the space and the logistics. So I think it worked out. We have a lot of shared audiences. We have a, many shared values of CNU. Um, and as you said, you know, Strong Towns is like somewhat birthed out of CNU many years ago. And yeah, I think it's it's great that we were able to reach the more general audience. You don't need to be a planner. You don't need to be an architect to come to the Strong Towns event. And then if you want to go really deep and get those more like technical, intensive conversations, then I'm sure that's what took place at CNU. I really wish I could have stayed, um, but I know you both did. I hope you had a good time and met some cool people at those sessions as well. It was an amazing week. It really is. And I love that Strong Towns had the national gathering that kicked off that week. It was really a lot of fun. Uh, Norm, do you have any thoughts on kind of the significance of that partnership and if you all will plan to do that moving forward? Yeah, it's a interesting thing because the one drawback is that it stuck our conference on the Tuesday night and then a Wednesday, which for some people, if their travels allow them to go out midweek, that works fairly well. And so one of, that had been one of my reservations sort of heading into it was, you know, if only we could do like a, a Friday, Saturday or a Thursday, Friday sort of thing, that might make it a little bit more accessible. But the flip side of it was that the the benefit of doing it together with CNU is that we get asked the question often at Strong Towns, like, hey, you're taking sort of a, a bird's eye view of things, um, but it's different on the ground. And is there anybody that's actually doing these things? And I think part of the benefit of participating with CNU is to be able to like bring up so many examples that people with the Incremental Development Alliance and other groups are are doing on the ground, pushing for code reform, pushing for you know new and innovative ways to use corridors and alleys and all of those types of things. And I like the phrase that Chuck used that you know Congress of the New Urbanism and their members really are the the special forces of this bigger, broader movement uh, to try to make progress happen. And so. We have, I mean, a lot of great partners, America Walks out there, uh, Smart Growth America, other groups that are, are you know, great sort of allies in this work. But uh, the Congress and the New Urbanism, I think, really brought together the, um, in, in some ways, some very formative key people uh, to help with that process. In terms of making the decision going ahead, I think we still are going to be able to assess over the next little bit, you know, what is our, our next step? Um, I would love to, in time, uh, again, this is just Norm uh, and Rachel is uh, the person who's like, hey, Norm, not all of your ideas are going to go ahead. And I, I, I trust that I, I understand that it's probably for my good. But in time, it'd be great to get back to things like a regional gathering or being able to offer a couple of options for people. So that way there was a West Coast or an East Coast or a, a mid, you know, uh, middle America sort of option come up to Canada at some point as just we continue to build that out. But there's also a, a using of our resources well. And I think that's what I really noticed in partnering with CNU is that we were able to use those resources of, quite effectively. Yeah, I definitely felt that it also enables attendees to use their resources effectively, especially, you know, it can be it's expensive to attend um, conferences. And so for people who might attend one, it creates the opportunity to get exposed to more um, perspectives from both events, really. And from the perspective of CNU, I think it really represented the opportunity to kind of broaden the tent of people and perspectives that are involved in the CNU conversation. There's a lot of similarities and and shared values between both organizations and so and I think 
CNU has in some ways been perceived as kind of more of a vanguard or, or uh, more of a professionally oriented organization where Strong Towns is able to bring that bottom-up approach into the discussions of urbanism, which I, I think is really the right approach. And, and so bringing people into that, that bigger tent in that way, I think it's really, really valuable to have the high-level uh, perspective at the beginning of the week and then be able to get into the nitty-gritty on all these kind of nerdy topics that we all love. Um, so, so I thought that was great. I, I do want to ask you both. So you'll be continuing to do these, I, I hope. And I want to ask if you could do one thing differently. What is it that you would do? However, it's kind of more of a forward thinking question. Maybe what's something that you would like to propose to do differently next year? And Norm, I'll put you on the spot. All right. Well, if it's just hypothetical, I get to reach into my ideas jar. And so one of the things is I want to have like (laughs) very skilled city skylines players, like creating like images of strong communities and like making that a social interactive thing. Uh, Because if we're getting geeked out, we may as well geek out together around a great uh, computer game. Another (laughs) one would be just continuing to diversify uh, the types of events that we're hosting. So it, could we have include a debate? Could we do like a greatest rant contest? Could we, you know, kind of incorporate a bit more of the fun and, and just the components where uh, we find ways to encourage each other, but also have a bit of fun uh, together in that place. Um, another thing that I hope for in terms of next year is we prove that there is a need for scholarships or the ability to be able to subsidize people's travel. And I think the way that I saw sponsors with not that much notice stepping up to the plate and helping with that, or if they had received a couple of complimentary tickets that they were passing them along so other people could have them. And I would love to see that because to me, that that widespread attendee pool is so critical. And really, that was a, a palpable part of, of the real success of the whole group was like, you met anybody and everybody. And, and that was really exciting. And so I think if we can continue to build on that, we know that it was necessary, but also really appreciated. And so I'm really excited because then you can kind of create this, you know, very democratic sort of place where everybody is welcome. And ideally, you know, where we get to the point where we have 800 members and then a thousand members show up for the following year um, and uh, have to cope with the challenge of just finding places for everybody, but uh, being quite confident that we do it and uh, building the movement in that way. Yeah, it definitely would be nice to, well, now that you have a proof concept, right? You had a very successful first year, first event. So hopefully you'll be able to build on the sponsorship to be able to support that and bring more people in, which which was which is great. I love the idea of having like a like a rant. <laughs> I picture you guys bringing in like a soapbox that people can stand on for their particular rant. <laughs> Rachel, what about you? What would you do differently or or would like to do differently for next year? Yeah, well, like I said, we have a like 10-page document with all those ideas. So I'm having a hard time picking one. But uh no, I think I agree with Norm like doing more there's a limitation to having a certain amount of people and being in a conference center and it's just kind of there's a reason that conferences have a specific format like a plenary and breakouts because that's just like what works for that many people but i feel like we can next year now that we've done it once we can 
figure out ways to be more creative with the sessions, have them getting people up and moving and interacting a little bit more. I'd love to build in more time for, I don't want to call it networking because that sounds like, like people are just trying to get a buddy on LinkedIn, but like more time for people to connect with others that they meet at the event. Um, We had I don't know, it was like basically 24 hours together. So we really packed it in and there was, there was like some time for chit chat, but it was mostly, we tried to fill as much as we could with, um, you know, presentations and things. So I love for a little bit more breathing room for people to connect next time. I think we can do that. What about you, Abby? What, what are your thoughts? So I, I was actually, um, doing kind of a walk-ins welcome recording, for upzoned for the majority of the day. So I had a session, but outside that session, I was recording basically all day. I was scheduled to do the morning, but this just ended up, you know, doing it through the afternoon because it was a lot of fun. I would personally love to do that again because it was just so interesting to get to connect and talk with people who were there and they had the opportunity to share their story and what they're working on. Um, it gave me a lot of ideas for just this podcast generally of uh, ways that we can actually broaden those connections and bring more people in. But in terms of the conference, the gathering, I thought that it was really well done. I'm kind of in the outside looking in and I thought it was really well organized. It's kind of like being the bride of a wedding versus being an attendee of the wedding to the attendees, everything (laughs) looks great. Um, You don't notice it unless you were like deeply part of the planning. So from my perspective, it seemed like everything went off uh, very well. Good to hear. How was your session? I didn't get to go to it. I wish I did. It was a tactical urbanism session with Kevin Klingenberg. Yes. It went really well. It was a lot of fun. We mainly focused on um, projects that we had been involved with in the Westport area, which is in Kansas City, where both of us are office. I'm actually, you know, I'm I'm here in Westport um, at at Multi Studio, and Kevin works for a place management organization called Midtown Casey Now, which focuses on uh, the Midtown area and and works with businesses. And he's been doing a lot of tactical urbanism projects um, in his part of Midtown. And then we've been working in our part of Midtown with another place management organization. CID is what we call them here, which is um, Community Improvement Districts. So um, we were able to share kind of some insights from our experience working on those projects in Kansas City. And I hope it was beneficial to people and they have ideas of how they might move forward. It's it's interesting kind of to compare and contrast, you know, with relatively within like a quarter mile area, how different the implementation processes were based on partnerships and leadership and different city initiatives at the time. So um, I think we learned a lot just through the process of putting together this presentation and talking with people afterwards. Cool. Yeah. Wish I could have been there. Yeah. Running well, around too much to see much of anybody's <laughs> presentation, sadly. But I know. I know. We record some, so I'll be watching those. Yeah. Yes. And I, I – I bet you guys were all super busy during that. So yeah, I, next year, I definitely want to make some time to see some sessions, but 
it's hard to compete for time when I also really like to talk with people <laughs> um, and, and get to meet people and let them be on UpZoned to share their story. So that will be competing in the future for sure. I like to think that the sessions were sort of like a high-end buffet where you genuinely would like to try everything. Uh, whereas most buffets, you're like, oh, I could skip that. Like, I'll, I'll probably, you know, just go load up on the ribs or whatever. But it was like, no. And lots of people are like, we're stuck. We don't know which session to go to asking for recommendations. And I really love the way that like we had Strong Towns 101 and we had Joe Minicozzi, like providing like the financial sort of literacy component to it. And so that was if you're a first time attendee. And I mean, for those that are listening, if you're going to get ready for next year, you can show up with in a sense, no prior information and still get a great experience. And then for others, you're going to be able to dive right in uh, to a particular topic that, you know, delights you like parking minimums and uh, the great complexity and the battle that we're waging on that front. So. so with that, I think we will do the down zone, which is the part of the show. Usually we share anything we've been reading or watching media wise, but I actually want to ask you both if you could share a little bit about somebody that you met at the gathering that you want to give a shout out to. So Rachel, I will put you on the spot. Okay. Well, I mean, there's so many awesome people that I met. It was just really exciting to meet a ton of people in person and like see them walk up, see their name tag and their face and be like, I've only ever seen your name attached to your email and your face as a little icon in my Gmail account or on Slack. And now I'm meeting you in person. So that was really, really exciting. I think I would like to shout out the people that were on my panel, um, which was about people who have run for elected office who are strong house members and um, those people are David Cantu, who's from San Elzario, Texas. We had Kate Riba, who stepped in at the last minute. Um, she was filling in for Lavette Filler, who unfortunately couldn't make it. So shout out to Lavette too. Kate previously was in elected office in a small town in South Carolina that I'm going to forget the name. And then our other uh, person that was on the panel was Angel Castile, and she is running for mayor in Ogden. Um, and so... It was just so good to see those people in person. Um, I hadn't met Kate before, but David and Angel hadn't met before and had talked to them. And uh, it was it was really cool to hear their story of running for office and how how they've like worked with people in their community to uh, do their you know their whole campaign. And then um, in the case of David and Kate, like being in office, uh, I think it was, a, it was a small group of people that were in that conversation, but it was. Uh, I learned a lot, and I know that that's a very requested topic from a lot of people. We have dozens, probably hundreds, of Strong Towns members who are in elected office or running for office all the time. So that's a conversation that's going to come back for sure in future gatherings or locomotive sessions. So uh, if you miss that, I think those people will be present and sharing their stories again. That's awesome. What about you, Noel? I'm going to cheat and give you several, but uh, the first is I got to meet like a child or not quite childhood idol, but like uh, from a number of years ago, an idol of mine on the Canadian men's national soccer team uh, was Tesho Akindeli, and he's a Strong Towns member and he showed up and he's now working in development in Charlotte. And so it was super cool. I was like, I have played you in FIFA on my computer, which was kind of crazy to be like, yeah, at some point uh, th this that world has now wild. merged. And so that was really cool. 
And another um, really remarkable experience was before I came, I came in on the Monday before the session started and uh, Strongtown's member, Will Gardner had said, hey, if you're in town and you have some time, you should meet the people that my sister lives in community with in, in, their, in her neighborhood. And so Stephanie Gardner opened up her home to me on the Tuesday morning and I went out and I met Dr. Sylvia Biddle-Patton and another member of the neighborhood from the Cherry Community Organization. And they were one of the longest standing community organizations in Charlotte and doing amazing work to provide affordable housing. The community organization actually owns a number of rental properties and is really just constantly working to assure uh, that uh, the neighborhood, a predominantly black neighborhood is able to remain a place of mixed incomes, mixed opportunities, and, and really allowing people to remain in their homes uh, rather than being gentrified or displaced from their community. And so it was quite something because we, I could have easily spent, you know, eight, nine, 10 hours there uh, just walking around the neighborhood, seeing the park, seeing the, all of the different places. They were doing remediation of lead pipes uh, in a number of the houses that were there and just seeing like the work that goes into building a strong community. And so it was such an impact that I, I said, hey, uh, to Stephanie and to Dr. Sylvia, I said, why don't you come to this national gathering? And they hadn't registered. I said, don't worry about it. Just come. And so they showed up and particularly appreciated and gained a lot of value as well as, I think, set up some new connections with Urban 3 around the disparities, the racial disparities and bias in the property tax assessment systems and really grappling with that because they see that firsthand on the ground. And so everything that Joe was talking about in that session, uh, Dr. Sylvia said, you know, we need this uh, information. We need to be able to pass this on to our community. And then on the Saturday after CNU, uh, or while it was still going, actually connected with Ben, uh, who Ben Abramson, one of our staff writers, said, Ben, you need to meet uh, Dr. Sylvia. You need to get introduced to the Cherry Neighborhood Organization, as well as another uh, member of CNU that was there. She works in historic preservation and particularly around graves. And previously on discovered uh, graveyards and things like that, or places that there in burials. And that is one of the, the significant things that they're grappling with in the Cherry Community Organization is burial grounds next to former churches that were then sort of either bulldozed over, or the, in one case, a theater was built right on top of where uh, the burial ground had been. And there was a motion at the mayor's office that, uh, or that the council would desacralize that space. And there's a quote where the mayor at the time said, I hope this doesn't come back to bite us. Well, now the community has, has emerged and said, we need to do things like ground penetrating radar and things like that. So it just was so interesting to bring then Meredith to that site. And we toured around uh, with Dr. Sylvia. And the consequence of it was they were looking at getting historical designation for some of their area. And that's exactly what Meredith works at. So I, for me, like it was an amazing story. It was like bringing, connecting people together around an amazing, powerful story um, and, and humbly trying to learn like, what what can we do and what are the lessons that we can learn from an organization that has like fought the fight for years and really done remarkable things to improve people's lives. So I, I actually said on the Tuesday morning and I was like, I could hop on a plane and just go back home, totally skip the national gathering and I would have counted this whole trip a success. So that really stood out to me. But thankfully, I did stay for the national gathering and I uh, really enjoyed that, too. That's fantastic. I I will give a shout out to a couple people, first of all. Uh, DJ Sullivan, who has a great Twitter account um, and blog called East Nashville Urban Design. So they talk about urban design issues and 
East Nashville, as I'm sure you could imagine. So very well named. I met him after my session with Kevin on tactical urbanism. And um, we got to talking and he shared with me one of their stickers that he was handing out. And I he was telling me about his story. And I was like, well, why don't you come tell me on a mic? <laughs> so he came over and, and we recorded an interview with him. And he was able to talk a little bit about his background and, and why he and, and his friend that he was with started East, East Nashville Urban Design. One of the questions that I was asking people is kind of, how did you come into this conversation? How did you become aware of it? And he actually was saying, well, well, it started by me reading a book by Jeff Speck and following his work and getting really into that. And then what do you know, Jeff Speck walks by and so we give him the mic. <laughs> so I hope that made it into the interview. I know we had some audio issues, so not every interview made it in, but I really hope that one did because it was really pretty funny <laughs> just to have him walk by and and then they they just kind of did an interview amongst each other, which was a lot of fun. When this episode comes out, the episode that Abby recorded live will have come out the previous week. So most of the audio, I think, did make it. Chris, our editor, did his best. Yeah, I know there were some some quality issues. But yeah, I'm excited to listen. I haven't gotten to listen to that yet. Um, but DJ Sullivan, that's super cool because he's written some really great articles for Strong Towns. Um, oh, good. Yes. Yeah. So who's your other shout out? Uh, my, my other shout out is actually somebody that I've known for a while, but had never met in person. So that's Grayson Johnson. I also interviewed her. Oh, you never met her? Dang. Okay. Important moment. We follow each other on Instagram and both our Instagrams are private, but we just happen to follow each other. So I see her running on on her stories and stuff like that because she's an avid runner. But I got to meet her in person. And if you aren't aware of Grayson, um, she is the person who started Shop House Studios. So she created these really cool, what they're called, they're called step cards. So they're basically these little cards that are visual tools for people who are engaging in discussions about incremental development and different project prototypes. So that was really cool to just have the opportunity to meet her at this and interview her. And then we ended up, you know, hanging out basically all week. So that was a lot of fun. So shout out to Grayson as well. Yeah, actually, I saw those cards and I asked Grayson, like, you know, which team put this together? And she's like, well, I did. And I was like, wow, those are incredible. And so they're, they're really cool. And there's a version that applies in Canada, as well as one that uh, is very specific to the US. Yeah, she's a masterful designer and creates just the most compelling graphics for mainly, I believe, incremental development um, oriented topics, but she may have a broader um, portfolio than that. But yeah, she's done some just amazing drawings and amazing work creating um, these these stuff cards. So yeah, my my boss Dennis Strait, who attended, um, he actually has got a whole bunch of them. So um, he, and we have some already. But she had a new set that was available, and so we had the opportunity to get those too. And they're they're great tools for engaging with people and to helping show people what you're talking about when you're talking about incremental development because it comes in so many different forms that I think most people don't think of as development. People often think about 
large projects or big mixed use buildings. They're not really thinking about all these little retrofit projects that um, are done kind of under the radar and we need a lot more of. So, all right, with that, any, any last words? I just want to say Norm sent an email to a lot of folks a couple of weeks ago, right after the gathering that said, you might be experiencing um, Como instead of FOMO, fear of missing out, Como confirmation of having missed out. So yeah, if you're feeling that right now, cause you didn't make it, I know that, I mean, that's the case for a ton of people. The travel was expensive. Maybe the timing didn't work out, but we do hope to do this again next year. We also did record some of the sessions. Not quite sure when those are going to be released yet, um, but those those will come out. We also collected a ton of stories. All of our writers on staff were present at the event, and I know that a ton of story ideas came out of that. So I think you'll be reading articles in the weeks and months to come that were inspired by many of the talks that were given uh, and people that, that our writers met at the gathering. So if you missed out... Hopefully you can come next year, but also we'll be sharing some tidbits over the coming weeks and months uh, from the event. Any parting words from you, Norm? I just think that it's incredible to think that, you know, we have an audience that now is numbering well into the millions. Uh, We have almost 5,000 members. Uh, We had 500 people show up in the middle of the week at some random place in Charlotte. Uh, It's just, to me, the like momentum is building and building and building. I feel like we're at this tipping point that just like is going to propel us forward. And so it's really exciting time to be part of the Strong Towns organization as a team member, but also as a member myself and participating in, I think, this really pivotal time where there was plenty of times where we had discussions about the sense that like people are noticing and asking like, is this just confirmation bias or is there actually a shift occurring where parking minimums are falling like, you know, dead flies, uh, where highway expansions are being confronted in new ways, uh, where redevelopment of, of existing infill sites or, or, you know, neighborhood investment is almost kind of creeping back into our ecosystems, uh, where state capitals are passing legislation to actually allow accessory dwelling units to be constructed statewide and sort of overruling some of the like very parochial versions of of nimbyism and things like that and so i just feel like it's it's a real cool time to be riding the wave and so that's a long parting word but that that's where i'm at today i i will say i don't think it's confirmation bias i definitely think there's a shift and you all play a major part of that so i commend you for that and also commend you from putting together such a great event and i can't wait for next year i'm now having what's the term for when like now now you're bummed out because it's over <laughs> kind of feeling i i can't wait until next year this this week is always just really electrifying to meet up with people from all around the country and and even the world who are interested in the same nerdy things that we all obsess over and <laughs> Uh, and, and an opportunity to learn a lot of new and interesting things. So I had a lot of fun. It was great. All right. Well, thank you both so much for joining me. I uh, appreciate your time today. And hopefully we'll get an opportunity to talk about great stories in the coming year and see each other next year. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Abby. Yes. Thanks for having us. Thanks, guys. Bye.
get down tonight. 